Welcome to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast for couples who struggle with infertility and want to fulfill their dreams of becoming parents. In this podcast, you'll learn actionable strategies to deal with infertility from Dr. Michael Chapman, or Prof as he's affectionately known. Prof is the co-founder of IVF Australia and is a leading Australian infertility specialist who has helped over 3,000 couples realise their dreams of becoming parents. To access previous episodes packed with ideas, solutions and tips that actually work, head over to Dr. Chapman's IVF podcast on iTunes. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1-800-111-483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. That first cry of a baby born after the long journey of IVF remains one of the most beautiful experiences in the world. As an obstetrician and an IVF specialist, I've had the privilege of experiencing this over many thousands of times in my long career, but I still remain moved by each baby's first cry. It signifies the end of a long journey and the beginning of a new life. This is Professor Michael Chapman, co-founder of IVF Australia and host of the IVF Journey podcast. Thanks for tuning in. To access all the previous episodes, head over to my website, www.theivfjourney.com and select IVF Journey Podcast from the navigation menu. You'll also be able to find the various services that we provide at IVF Australia. One of the great things that's happening with the podcast is that you're feeding back to me. I've had a number of listeners now who've well, first of all, congratulated us on the job we're doing. And I love hearing that, of course. But uh, more importantly, they're throwing up questions that they have that they might like answered themselves, but also you as listeners might be interested in, in hearing about. So uh, recently I had a question from one lady about cycles and success and the way in which different doctors use different terminologies, which can be quite confusing. I have to confess, even amongst specialists, there is confusion. So hopefully I'll make this clear, but if not, <laughs> write in and ask me. It's michael.chapman at ivf.com.au. Anyway, so let's talk about terminology. What is a cycle? Doctors talk about cycles. When you read people's web pages, they talk about per cycle. Well, for most of us, that is one month of treatment, i.e. starting on the first day of the period and ending up with a positive or a negative pregnancy test at the end of that month. So a cycle could include a fresh cycle, i.e. a stimulated IVF cycle with drugs to to push the ovaries to produce lots of eggs, collection of the eggs, fertilization of the eggs, and a replacement or not of an embryo, followed by either a period or a positive pregnancy test. It could also include a frozen cycle where no treatment is given at all. So this might be a natural cycle where just 
the ovulation that normally occurs in a natural cycle uh, is monitored and then based upon that ovulation an egg is replaced oh sorry an embryo is replaced at the appropriate time and then again at the end of that month a pregnancy test is either positive or negative so that's what a cycle is in most people's eyes then it's how we use the term cycle to tell us or tell you what your chances of success are so you'll see quotes saying the pregnancy rate is x percent per cycle in that calculation a clinic may be talking about a combination of fresh and frozen but using the total number of cycles as the denominator in that conclusion then the issue is not about how the the data is presented per cycle but what the numerator is so success rates can be calculated on what's termed a positive pregnancy test i.e. a blood test that says that there is the hormone pregnancy hormone beta-HCG in the system at levels that suggest that implantation has occurred however that's artificially high because many pregnancies with a positive beta-HCG don't even get more than a few days before the lining of the womb is shed and a period comes so it's not really a pregnancy in the old days we used to call them a biochemical pregnancy but they were never a real pregnancy the next point at which the numerator can be calculated is called the clinical pregnancy rate a clinical pregnancy rate is defined by the presence of a sac a gestational sac with an embryo inside it at six or seven weeks of pregnancy again this is helpful in knowing that this is a pregnancy that has established however it is not a live birth it's not a baby in your arms and between a clinical pregnancy and a live birth there is another 10 to 20 percent drop off in success rates so the ultimate and what is now regarded as the true marker of success is a live birth a baby born alive after 24 weeks of pregnancy in those steps of a positive pregnancy test down to a clinical pregnancy there's a 20 percent loss and from a clinical pregnancy to a live birth there's another 10 to 20 percent loss so when clinics talk about a pregnancy rate of 40 percent for instance you need to read the fine print to see what they mean by a pregnancy rate it could be any of those three and that would be per cycle the next success rate is what is termed the cumulative pregnancy rate so this is the chances of a pregnancy for an individual patient following a single embryo pickup so the cumulative pregnancy rate is the chances of a baby after one cycle where stimulation has occurred eggs have been collected and embryos have been created in Australia where over 85% of transfers are single embryo 
more than 60% of the cycles will result in a frozen embryo as well. So the cumulative pregnancy rate from a single cycle of stimulation is the, the number of, of pregnancies that occur after all the embryos have been transferred. So a patient who has a fresh cycle and three embryos created, one of which is transferred fresh and a pregnancy didn't occur, but on and a frozen cycle where no pregnancy occurred, but a third cycle where one pregnancy occurred, she would be counted as a 100% success for that stimulated cycle. So when you add all those up, all the pregnancies from all of the transfers resulting from single embryo transfers, that's what give you a cumulative pregnancy rate. And what we know, and we published this data as recently as October last year in the Medical Journal of Australia, if you're a woman at 35 or below, after three embryo transfers, you have an over 70% chance of taking home a baby. So you're more likely to be successful if you produce more embryos. To confuse the world further, the data that is collected annually by ANZARD, the Australian data set, which is mandatory that every cycle in Australia and New Zealand is submitted to the data set. Cumulative pregnancy rates across a whole population from multiple fresh cycles and multiple embryo transfers is all accumulated into one statistic. And that obviously produces an even better chance of a pregnancy. And what it says is, in that 35 and under age group, if you keep on trying, having more fresh cycles and more frozen embryo transfers, the pregnancy rate keeps on rising. The cumulative pregnancy rate keeps on rising. So after three or, or four cycles, you're over 85% chance of taking home a baby. And that goes close to 90% after five or six cycles. If you have the strength to continue for that long. So I hope I haven't confused you with that discussion about success. The best, obviously, is to sit down with your doctor and go through that the data for that particular clinic in that sort of way. What's their live birth rate after a single embryo transfer? What's their live birth rate after a frozen embryo transfer? What's the live birth rate on average from a single cycle of treatment. Your doctor should take into account all the factors that are positive in your history, like you've had a baby before and you're slim, you don't smoke, you're fit, all positive. But they'll also take into account negatives, like having had a, another cycle somewhere else where you didn't get pregnant, or having lifestyle factors that are negative in terms of chances of success. It's only that individualized conversation that will give you a real chance of working out what you as an individual have as an opportunity to be pregnant. Then you can make sensible decisions about starting treatment, carrying through with treatment and how long you might go on with treatment. And don't forget that you can access all the previous episodes by going to our website www.theivfjourney.com dot com and select 
IVF Journey podcast from the Navigation Menu. Thank you for listening to the IVF Journey with Dr. Michael Chapman, the podcast which helps couples negotiate their way through the IVF journey all the way to parenthood. You can also ask questions by contacting Dr. Chapman's rooms on 1800 111 483 or by emailing him michael.chapman at ivf.com.au.